Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your home for news, politics, and tasty treats. The Hindu Festival of Lights Diwali is coming up on Monday, and you might consider celebrating it with some South Asian desserts. I know you're probably familiar with Indian curries and naan, but one Chicago writer argues their desserts are not to be missed. And when better to try them than during Diwali? Ashok Selvam is an editor at Eater Chicago and joins us now. Ashok, give us a brief history of Diwali. What is it and how do people typically celebrate the holiday? Oh, brief. Uh, Too long, didn't read. Uh, You know, uh, it's the Festival of Lights. You know, we always like to, you know, in the Western world to kind of describe it in terms that we can all understand. But kind of the, the summary is... Uh, this is a holiday where friends and family kind of celebrate good triumphing over evil. Mm-hmm. And they do this while wearing really nice clothes, you know, as, you know, a lot of South Asians, you've seen by, for our weddings, we, we like to, you know, dress in bold colors yes. for them if you want to take some stereotypes. But, you know, sometimes stereotypes are, are true. So uh, there are fireworks, there's uh, family gatherings, uh, there's, uh, you know, and then there's the matai or sweets that we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the the desserts, which aren't really desserts, uh, you know. Oh, uh, explain. You know, uh, in, in India, there's not like that kind of final bite, that sweet bite at the end of the meal. These matai, they're like gulab jamun, burfis. Gulab jamun are the kind of the cake-like uh, orange uh, spheres that you know, are often were, were served in India buffets. That's how a lot of folks were familiar with uh, Indian and South Asian food was was the buffet, and there's for right. a variety of reasons for that. So uh, you know the, these these are like kind of traditional ways to enjoy, but these these were snacks. You know they you ah. know in between meals to kind of brighten up your day with a little uh, little sweet delight of a uh, cardamom or you know like, it's fascinating all the techniques they use and they so vary regionally they have different names depending on India it's really the subcontinent because you know it's the the languages the people the culture mm-hmm. or, you know uh, even uh, my parents who are from South India we never use the word Diwali we use what another term we, Deepavali. Ah, and you know, uh, so depending on which part of the the, the country you're in, mm-hmm. you might celebrate it differently. You might call it a, even a different name. Yeah, and then there's also the family traditions, like any other tradition. You know, they they differ. You know, my wife's family, you know, who are North Indians, they you know, they uh, you know they they went to temple. They did something called a Lakshmi puja uh, in in Hinduism. Uh, Lakshmi is the goddess of uh, wealth, mm-hmm. so it's kind of to ward. Uh, bad luck. They clean. They clean their homes to kind of rid. You know, it's kind of the burning of the sage. You want to get rid of uh, negative uh, energy. They they do the same thing. Yeah, I'm curious. In your household, how do you how do you make a compromise? North India, South India. Which way do you celebrate? Well, it's it's the story of our lives. We uh, we're actually having a a, a party tomorrow because uh, we had our first kid, Avi. You know, uh, he's nine months old, so oh, we want to kind of establish a new tradition. And we're, so we're having a party, kind of a mishmash. Uh, and uh, the the common denominator and the reason I'm on the show is is the sweets. Food, you know? yeah. So, what would you say are the first foods that come to mind around this time? Well, 
I, I know I'm going to kind of uh, get off the the path of sweets, but biryani, you know, the kind of the rice dish. Mm. Uh, a lot of you know Hindus. Uh, it, the holiday is celebrated globally, and it's just not faiths. You know, uh, I, I was talking to uh, the chef at Wazwa, and my, my guy uh, Zubair Mohir. He is from India, but he's Muslim. And when he opened his restaurant last year in Wicker Park, he celebrated with a Diwali tasting menu. And folks were like, "Well, you're Muslim, and you're celebrating a Hindu." holiday you know and he's like well it's celebrated everywhere so you know you have to get past that that barrier not a lot of folks understand the commonalities a lot of the south asians share yeah. so biryani is kind of a kind of a, a chefy like kind of a royal dish uh folks have kind of a kind of a guilt around meat around this holiday so okay. there's a lot of vegetarians and uh you know you'll, you'll have like mushroom biryani you'll have like the smell of saffron a lot of folks like to mm. uh use a kind of a pastry crust to kind of trap that those wonderful aromas and then you cut it up and oh, then that you, sounds you, you delightful. smell, you know, it, it, it's, it's wonderful. Oh, man. You give a lot of love to, to Diwali uh, sweets in your piece. And you, you write about the challenges that uh, many pastry chefs are facing when they're making these uh, desserts, how, you know, they're so sweet, but maybe not sweeter than some desserts that we know and we love here in America, um, but just a different kind of sweet. So talk more about the traditional sweeteners in Diwali treats? Well, there's sugar. You know, sugar is uh, differs from all cultures, but there's a, a type of sugar, jaggery, that is really used a lot. And before before the internet with Amazon, where you can mail order everything, uh, it was hard to find. You know, you would go to probably maybe to Devon uh, Patel Brothers. They would stock it. Uh, there's a, a great uh, store downtown called Metro Spice Mart. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, in the West Loop. Uh, it, it just... Great location. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't uh, endorse it enough. But uh, the sweet is a little bit more. I don't know, long lasting and intense than a, a traditional white sugar, the confection sugar that you would find in pastries. Uh, you know, it, it just. You can take just a bite of a sweet. If you're yeah. maybe if you're a kid and you want that sugar high, you you just you eat the whole thing, and uh, you know you're just off the walls uh, for the whole day and annoying yeah. your parents. But it's it's a little more sustaining, and it, it just kind of overwhelms a lot of uh, our traditional palates in the Western world. Yeah, so portion sizes are different than than you know because we love our big portions here in the U.S. <laughs> I mean, if you go to Gibson's, you see that chocolate cake slab. Oh I mean, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like who 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 can eat all that? Yeah, it's, you know, you better have uh, your Instagram photos or it didn't happen. Right. Um, Indian sweets have a, a different look and taste than a lot of American sweets, but that doesn't necessarily need to be a barrier to entry, right? No, I, I, I don't think so. There's a lot. It's a lot. Everything stems from confidence, you know? You bring in something and and you're trying to compare it. Like, oh, does it? That's one funky looking brownie. Like, I remember in in high school we did a, a project about India and we brought in those gulab jamuns and some kids like, oh, what's that weird sausage that's in like that bathing in grease? Which it was syrup and maybe gulab jamun. We thought it was the easiest thing to translate. And I'm not. I'm probably devolving into that kind of the stereotype uh, lunchbox moment, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, I was talking to a chef in the story that I wrote from Domica, this uh, wonderful restaurant uh, in in New York. They, uh, the chef uh, won a James Beard Award this year, which were given out in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he was thinking, when you go to someone's home, you maybe you'll bring some French pastries, you'll bring a box of chocolate, but you'll never necessarily think to bring, uh, you know, a box of Matai. Why is that? You know, it's just, you know, there are different tiers of, you know, how you kind of classify uh, desserts or sweets mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily put, 
Indian or South Asian sweets in the high class category. Yeah. Talk more about why you say uh, it, these South Asian sweets just haven't really caught on here in, in countries, Western countries like the U.S. I know you were t- writing about uh, the labor that it takes to make these desserts. You said it doesn't always make economic sense. Yeah, it's expensive to open a restaurant for everyone, you know, especially in the city of Chicago where you licensing real estate. All of those factors are, are tremendous. But then when it comes to actually you're in the door, uh, you're spending all that labor, putting your front, you know, your best stuff, your your, your curries, your nons. You want to take as much time to, to nail that. Yeah. You don't necessarily think of dessert. So when you run out, run out of labor, you run out of money to procure ingredients, you want to make it easy. So a lot of like gulab jamuns, rasmalai, uh, that comes from a can. It's pretty, it's pre-mixed. At least those were the kind of the, the food memories of the 80s and, and 90s. Yeah. But now it's... People want the same experience. They want the same consistency. If you're vying on the same level of another like kind of Michelin star upscale restaurant, you want that appetizer to be just as good as the dessert. I want to add another voice to the conversation. Jasmine Chef is a James Beard Foundation grant winner and creator of Tasting India. That's in Chicago's Andersonville neighborhood. Welcome, Jasmine. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Sure. Tell us a bit about Tasting India. Yeah, so Tasting India started at the start of the pandemic, which was a sort of perfect timing, I guess, to open a new business. Um, But what we do is really highlight different Indian regional cuisines that don't often get their limelight um, and are also very unknown because, you know, what you get commercially um, in Indian restaurants is is just a small sliver or representation of what Indian cuisine is. And so... My goal with Tasting India was really to spotlight regional Indian cuisines um, that, uh, you know, make up the entire diaspora um, yeah. of the country. Well, what's on your menu this week for Diwali? So this week we actually did a really special Diwali Mithai box. Mithai is traditional Diwali uh, sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, we had three different offerings. Um, one was my childhood favorite, which is a moti chur ladu, we call it. And it's basically tiny chickpea pearls that you fry and then soak in a saffron syrup mm-hmm. uh, and then mold into a truffle. It's a very labor-intensive three-day process to make, which was super fun. Um, wow. And then we also had a, another chickpea truffle, which is basically chickpea flour that's toasted in ghee for about two hours. So it gets really nice and toasty and almost like a molten lava. And it's then cooled down and also molded in whichever shape that you that, that you would like. Yeah. Um, for the third offering, we had a toasted milk and cardamom milk fudge cake, um, which traditionally in India we call beta but it really translates to a fudge-like consistency. Um, and those we shaped into really pretty flower-like mooncakes. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm drooling, Jasmine. I also see <laughs> Ashok is nodding his head as you're speaking of, <laughs> of your desserts. Uh, can you talk about some of the challenges that you run into making them here in the U.S.? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for one, like I said, it's a very labor-intensive process, so... Yeah. Time and labor is one of the biggest challenges that we face, and which is also why it's sometimes very hard to, to scale up in, in huge quantities. Um, the the other challenge is obviously also procuring the right ingredients and trying to recreate something that's as close to authentic in terms of quality that, that we grew up eating in India. So I, I would say those two are sort of the, mm-hmm. the biggest challenges. Um, 
for me as a as a solo business owner, definitely labor. So I don't have any help. So this year, my sister very kindly flew in from New York to help me with oh, that's uh, great. all of the. So some of the ladus that are all over the U.S. right now to uh, customers uh, have my sister to thank. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, question for both of you. You know, for people listening to us now who won't be making these from scratch, right? Where is your favorite place to get mitai? You first, Jasmine. Uh, that's a really tricky question because I typically do make you them. You just make them, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I would definitely say if you go to the Devon area and go to restaurants that may even put in the time and labor to make even some more simpler mitai by hand, uh, things like gulab jamun or kheer, which is basically a rice pudding. Those are things that are less labor intensive. And I feel like, you know, some Indian restaurants do take the time uh, to make them by hand. So I would definitely go explore that neighborhood, especially during Diwali. You'll Mm -hmm. see the lights, you'll see you know, people within the, the Indian community um, buying jewelry because buying gold during Diwali is a, is a huge thing. And then a lot of people just going into sweet shops and restaurants and enjoying all of the mitai that they can possibly consume. Yeah. How about you, Ashok? Where do you like to go? Well, uh, Devon is the traditional center, as, as Jasmine uh, put up. Hey, Jasmine, good to hear from you. And, uh, you know, Sagadia is, is a well-known sweet shop right, right on Devon. Uh, but you know they're they're changing as as the story that I, t- I talked about. Uh, you know we have over in Rue in West Loop. They are doing uh, sweets shaped like chocolate cigars with gold wrappers, edible wow. gold. And uh, they're really kind of changing the, uh, the discussion to bring in more than folks that with uh, from uh, South Asian traditions. But I'm biased, and I'm going to pander right now. When Jasmine arrived in Chicago in 2020, no one was doing what she was doing. And she was doing it with with such a chef's touch, such a passion, such a dedication. It really opened a lot of eyes. So for the last three years, uh, I've been lucky enough to have some of uh, Jasmine's Matai. And I'm looking very forward to tomorrow opening those boxes and sharing with family. <laughs> um, if you had to try a kind of Matai again for the very first time, what would it be, Ashok? You know, and is it something that we can find here in Chicago? Well, there's nothing like the first bite of a gulab jamun that's warm. You know, it's just prepared right. I'm not talking, again, the, the stuff that's sitting in a buffet, kind of a bastardization of South Asian cuisine. You know, a fresh uh, gulab jamun is great. And over in Logan Square for brunch, you could go to Supercana International and they use the gulab jamun syrup in the French toast. Mm. And it's kind of like reminding you of those nostalgic flavors all over again and presenting it in a brand new way. That is pretty cool. What about you, Jasmine? Anything that you would try again for the first time if you could? Yes, absolutely. So speaking of warm gulab jamuns, there's a similar mitai called rasgulla, which is um, white in color, but also soaked in a rose and sugar syrup. And I oh, have goodness. memories from my childhood. My uncle would buy us like literally huge clay pots full of fresh rasgullas that were still warm. And I think if I could recreate that moment of a first bite of a warm rasgulla, I would give anything for that. Oh my God, that sounds so good. Um, <laughs> what are you guys doing to celebrate Diwali this year? You first, Jasmine. Uh, So I'm actually in Wisconsin in the middle of nowhere catering for a wellness retreat for 24 beautiful women um, with my sister. So uh, at least I get to spend some time with my family. Um, And then on Monday, we'll be at UIC 
taking over one of the dining halls and catering for about a thousand students for Diwali dinner. Nice, nice. What about you, Ashok? What are you up to this weekend? I've got the in-laws in town, and we're going to have you're a, a party. You're having that mishmash dinner? Yeah, that we're, we're, we're having a party tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was really important for us with, with the, the baby in tow to establish traditions in, in Chicago. We've been here for, for you know, decades in, in the city. And now it's a way to celebrate. You know, it really is about the child. And then on Monday, I'm taking the day off. You know, it might not be on our work calendar As or anything. I'm taking that day off. So, uh, yeah. you know, a little, little relaxation to actually observe the holiday. Happy Diwali. Ashok Selvim is the editor at Eater Chicago. And Jasmine Sheth is a James Beard Foundation grant winner and creator of Tasting India in Andersonville. Thank you both. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much. This episode of Reset was produced by Brenda Ruiz. It was edited by Ethan Schwab. Want more Reset? Then subscribe to our podcast. We publish episodes every day of the week and on Saturdays. And when you subscribe, leave us a rating. It really helps more listeners find us. That's it for Reset. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.